0: Hi everyone. I'm Allison Shelton. Thank you for joining me for Femon Creatives. Today, I'm so excited that Dr. Ingrid Clayton is joining me because I truly admire her work, her book, her social media work, her professional work, even though she's not personally my therapist. I have no doubt she's an amazing one. Um so, Ingrid, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: I can. Thank you so. I'm so thrilled that we um are finally here together and connecting. This is a joy. I'm already just, I think we are, did a great job. Well done. Um, (laughs) Let's see. I am Ingrid Clayton. I'm a clinical psychologist. I am a writer. Uh, I wrote a book many moons ago called recovering spirituality. It's about emotion. No, not what is about emotional sobriety, but it's about spiritual bypass actually in, in, um, 12 step communities. And I thought that that was my one and only book I was thrilled. And, um, kind of you know thank you very much and moved on and now it's 10 years later and uh what i've just released is a memoir mm-hmm.
0: that i never saw that from, i've read
1: that you've read and yeah. i highly recommend
0: especially oh. if you're recovering from narcissistic abuse because i think thank it will speak you. to your core thank and you so probably much. tell you things you feel like oh
1: That's what that is. That's what that is. Yeah. I, that's what that book was for me. It was an unpacking of, Oh, that's what that is because I am a clinical psychologist who ended up specializing in trauma specifically. And I could not use that word for myself. Even as I say that right now, it could just make me cry because I just didn't know Allison. I didn't know it was narcissistic abuse. I didn't know that what that was qualifies as abuse. Um, I could use that word either. Like it's sort of shocking to me that these things roll off my tongue now, but yeah, I'm a, you know, childhood trauma survivor. Um, That's what this book was for me, was a way to finally unpack and understand what happened uh, in my childhood, then how it lived in me for many decades, even though I sat on a lot of therapist couches and, um, saw a lot of therapy and a lot of other things. No one else gave me that language. Um, so I lived with these, this unresolved trauma for many decades. And then this book sort of happened to me. And I'm so grateful for myself to be perfectly honest. Um, even though it was completely painful, uh, to write and revisit, um, and reprocess, but grateful that it's also giving other people language who never had that language, which was the whole point in publishing. Um, so thank you for Reading it, and yeah, that's what brought me to social media. Was okay if I'm gonna if I'm gonna publish another book, I you have to promote these things. And oh, I did not want to do it. I did not want to do it. <laughs> um, but now I'm so thrilled that I did. I can't believe uh, how much I've learned and how much I love actually being on social media as a therapist, uh, mm-hmm. as a trauma survivor. Like wearing all of the hats simultaneously feels actually very freeing to me in this powerful way. So. So that's me. That was a great summary. I would not have so I'm so glad you introduced
0: yourself. Um <laughs> so I would so briefly, I I think I'm in a Facebook group or two with you, Ingrid. So I became aware of Ingrid through that and then we became friends on Instagram and I started looking at your content and it it immediately resonated with me. Mm-hmm. We have a lot, as I joke with one of my friends, we have a lot of shitty stuff in common. So you know, you will post stuff and <laughs> I will think, oh yeah. And we both have a lot of humor about it. Like we're both yeah. far enough sort of on, or I don't even know if it's far enough or if it's just temperament, but I laugh about a lot of horror horrific things because yeah. that yes, that was part of how I survived. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's also kind of like a coping thing where like I would talk about it and laugh because I would feel like I needed to make it easier for other people. Yeah, like oh don't worry like I'm laughing about it so it's okay don't worry about me (laughs) I'm fine yes I'm fine I'm fine (laughs) I'm fine so and then I asked Ingrid to to do a where I'm from which is a poetry series that I host on Instagram live and and she 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 really wanted to do it because she
1: wanted to join me but 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 I said yes, because it's a genius thing that you're doing. (laughs) And I was so moved Mm -hmm. that I built this like pressure into it, that it had to be amazing. And then I couldn't meet the bar that I set. And so I had a lot of anxiety about it. And then I feel like a flake because I told you yes, but I couldn't sit down. I mean, I think it's so sort of funny, the little microcosm of my relationship with you, all the stuff that it's brought up in me about perfectionism and people pleasing and all the things And I'm like, now she's not going to like me. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I know. And no matter how many
0: times I would write you, I would know like, it's fine. Whatever you write is great. Because I, I say that to everyone because i truly believe it but i could tell that it was having no effect
1: oh some people Ah. i write
0: that to, and they're like great and then other people i write it to you could just tell it's like just bouncing right back um and that was what it was with it'll be wonderful whatever you do ingrid so so that we tabled thank goodness yeah and then with fine cut i asked ingrid to join me there because yay let's talk about i mean she's an author let's talk about um a tv scene or a movie scene and this will be fun so what's really funny too is you had posted about succession at some point on your social media and how you can't watch it and I had I think responded to it because I also can't watch it yes and when I tell people that they get some people get weird because they don't understand how my family could be like that because Rupert Murdoch is not my father you know
1: (gasps) (laughs) I know. I'm like, that's <laughs> my family without the money, like none of the money yeah. whatsoever. Um, yeah. I I mean, I did, I think, watch the whole first season, but at some point it was like, uh, this is making me just feel horrible. It. It was a complete trigger. It's the tone of voice. It's all of it, the relational dynamics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? It's legitimately painful. And then there's my husband who does not have my story. He, to this day, he takes his computer and he goes and puts <laughs> in his airpods or whatever and he has his little showtime by himself cuz he knows i'm not going to watch it with him and i love that he loves it and it's just no longer for me so yeah so i couldn't pick any media either i don't know what it is it just this pressure of feeling like well it has to be something that encompasses right something right. i don't even know what what i was going for there but nothing came, nothing came. I was telling you before we started, I kept setting reminders in my calendar. Like, don't forget, come up with something to talk about. And it was, I just came up with nothing. So I'm so glad we just said, well, let's just have a conversation. Yes.
0: Yes. And it makes a lot of sense because I do really appreciate your social media account. And you had said, let's maybe talk about, here's an idea spitballing yeah. you know here's yeah. an idea allison why don't we talk about social media and how it helped you how it mirrored you and helped yeah. you like learn about yourself because that i think is the good part of social media obviously yeah. there's this whole toxic part and we all know that but yes, um because yes. i agree it has helped me not only with the content but also these kind of like these communities yes. you know like if you hashtag cptsd I didn't even have that word complex post traumatic stress disorder. Right. Like, even though so clearly I I have it, really. And uh, and it was funny because when I said something to my therapist, because of course I want to check it and make sure I'm not making it up, right? Right. Right. Um, I hear. I do that know, with my therapist. Right? Yeah,
1: because right,
0: you want to make sure you're not making a bigger deal out of it than it is. Right. I mean, that's classic something sign scary. of complex yeah. trauma. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: <laughs> and she's like, "Oh well, yeah, you know." Of course. It's like, yeah. okay, well, yeah. Good thing I'm not making too much drama out of this.
1: Um, because every couple of months, I see my therapist who specializes in complex PTSD, yeah. every couple of months, I go, Holly, if you didn't know that I was a psychologist who diagnosed myself with CPTSD would you still say I'm like I need to hold her feet to the fire she's like Ingrid you have CPT how many times do I need to tell you like it's so funny because I start to go I've I convinced her into telling me what I wanted to hear mm-hmm. and then we're
0: I- so so manipulative yes because, so- you know we're so good at that <laughs> uh please give me a, a diagnosis when yeah. we are like six you know which <laughs> now that you and I both had kids It has been such an interesting experience for me having children and looking at them at the ages that I was and thinking, what? (laughs) Yeah. I was not, you know, I, I mean, so I've said this various places, but for me, and I think for many complex trauma survivors, we, we felt like little grownups, like I don't really know that whole like innocent childhood thing sounds cool. And I, I think my kids are having some of that and I'm grateful for that, um, but i i also took it as a badge of honor like how mature i was and how i could yeah. handle so much and uh then as my children were that age like 6 or 8 or 10 or 4 i think oh i no that's not a badge of honor that's uh not having a childhood that's and right it, it 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 took looking at them cuz i remember myself bigger and
1: taller and <gasps> more capable. Yes. Well, because we had to be, we had to be, that was a part of my story that I got. I actually got sober when I was 21, like two weeks after I was a legal drinker, I was done drinking (laughs) and I hated it when people would be like, have you tried young people's meetings? Because I legitimately felt like this is a midlife crisis that I'm having right now at 21. And those were my peers. Those are the people I drank with. Those are the people that I hung out with. They were twice my age. Mm-hmm. They, they were having midlife crises and I was a child and right. I did, it was insulting to me if you looked at me only from a basis of chronological age because you were dismissing most of me. I mean, oh, I could just remember that feeling in my body. I couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting and mm-hmm. true. It, I was not in recovery. Um, I my twelve stuff is Al-Anon, uh-huh. but and that was much later with trauma therapy. Um, okay. And that's and has been another way for me to be mm-hmm. in community with people and hear my story and be horrified on their behalf and then realize,
1: yeah, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: it's so I think social media actually operate can operate in a in a similar way where you can see pieces of yourself reflected back at you. Yes.
1: I think that's exactly what did happen for me because my, my cousin reminds me, she's so funny. She's like, I remember talking to you about social media when you were still writing and you were like, I will never go. I mean, I'm on social media just in my private life, right. Mm-hmm. With my like 200 shared friends or whatever it is, but I was never going to have a public account. And I'm never going to talk about all this stuff. Um, And then there I was after I had written most of the book, I sort of went on and I didn't even know this world existed. So it was also like, yeah, my, my social media world was like me and my friends from high school, kind of, you know what I mean? It was my little world. And suddenly I stepped into the bigger world with these hashtags that even I was embarrassed to use from the safety of my own home. It was like hashtag complex trauma or hashtag narcissistic abuse. and then what I started reading, it changed my life because it was really the first time that I was seeing, and what I loved about it, it's the bite-sized memes. It's the short form content that makes these very, very big topics more manageable, right? So even right now, if I look next to my uh, computer, I have two big old trauma books that are sitting here, right? How many trauma books and even books on narcissism have I had sitting on my bookshelf for decades that I haven't read. (laughs) I haven't read because I can't Mm -hmm. because they were too triggering. Mm -hmm. And so I'd maybe maybe read a page and then I would dissociate. I didn't know that that's what it was, but that's what was happening. So to suddenly see a thing that reaches me before I have to leave my body is, such a gift. And it's not spoken in this clinical language that a lot mm-hmm. of these books are written. And it's also why I'm so glad I wrote a memoir that I got all of this stuff out and I tucked it in the end in a clinical glossary in case, case people wanted more information. But I was like, I need to just tell the story as a story, mm-hmm. as a memoir. Even though I'm a psychologist, that was way, way, way in my back pocket as the writer, because I know people are going to, tune out otherwise you know um and so to see these things reflected back it was like it was really when I started even I, though I'd spent years writing my story and I was already using this language and kind of framework for it it wasn't until I started to see it reflected back to me on social media that I could claim it as true hmm And I'm so grateful to all of the coaches and clinicians and people that are putting this work out there. And then to the survivors that are similarly sharing their stories. It was just like, and it, and it's all over the world and it's, um, and it's free and it's, free. It's free. Yeah. It's free. And I now get so many messages as a therapist saying, thank you so much for putting this, like, I can't find therapy where I am, or I can't right. find it trauma a right. therapy or, you know, and I wish that I had this when I was growing up, just the, just the free mm-hmm. resource the information. And so, um, I love that about it. And I certainly have all the struggles with social media that everyone else can have. Um, you know, I'm sort of experiencing the bit of the echo chamber of it now of like one person says one thing and then someone else takes a mm-hmm. nuanced thing of that and kind of changes it. And it keeps changing, morphing, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, well, oh, you're kind of losing the thread a little bit, but, um, you know, that's a piece of it. And I still think it's, it's so worth it. And, and, um, and so not only was I seeing myself reflected, which was just such a gift But right after I got on, and I think you and I were on Instagram together, like early on when I got on, I think you've been a part of at least my whole Instagram journey so far. Um, But it went to reels pretty quickly to the videos. And that pulled on a completely different side of me, Mm -hmm. both as, you know, previously a sort of singer songwriter performer part of me, but also this like silly irreverent, um, Part of me, and that was terrifying because I said I cannot. First of all, put my face on this material that is just like, who would want to do that, right? I want to be the poster child for childhood trauma, you know, Uh, (laughs) unhealed, unprocessed, didn't know, you know. It's like no, no one wants to put their face on that, and then to do it in such a sort of silly, yeah, often very ridiculous way. I genuinely believed Allison. And people are like, come on. And no, I I was like, I am about to tank whatever career I have right now. I get a clinical psychologist. Who's going to take me seriously? Mm -hmm. I have a lot of
0: conversations about being taken seriously, you know, what is serious. And I, and I, so I understand that feeling of we can't like live in too many spaces. and I Right, you're not was, allowed. No, and I think that's definitely a trauma response too. It's like, okay, I'm serious. I have worked very hard to, right. to have my degrees, to be believable, yes. right? And here you are potentially tanking all of that.
1: Like, yes. The things that scary. I thought I needed to make me yep. a legitimate human being in the world. Yeah, And now I'm sort of going, you know, well, but the, the truth is, I came to a point where I was like, I don't care because if I have to lose a career in order to continue to heal and have access to my whole self, Mm -hmm. I really felt like anything I put before what I need to do for myself to heal, I'm willing to, to lose it because this has to be the priority. And it really truly was. First, the writing was where the healing started to happen and the understanding and putting it in context. And it was just like a whirlwind, five years. And then I step into social media and it's a continuation of that in this very different way because the book is serious. The book is not funny, right? It's just my story. But then here I am being sort of, yeah, reverent and silly with it. And yet I needed to do, I needed to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And if I recorded something and I looked back and I laughed, I was like, I don't care. I'm posting it. I don't care how ridiculous it is. And now, you know, I'll be standing in the shower and something funny will come and I will grab my phone on the other side of the curtain in the shower and I will record it. Don't think twice about it. Watch it back, laugh in the shower. And I just hit post. Like, I just... Because it has been so freeing. For for the reason you said, it's like, I don't want to just be this slice of me or this slice of me. And honestly, these curated slices that are more preferable to you, whoever the you is at that moment in time. I just want to be me. And this is me. I am all of these things simultaneously. And this is the first time I've been allowed to be all of them in one place. Yeah. I'm going to cry because that's really the goal. That's the
0: goal. That's the ultimate goal and something that I've been thinking and talking about a lot over the past many years Mm -hmm. I've been healing, like trying to take all these different Allisons and merge them into one and that that's the, that's the project. And Mm -hmm. I was just recently talking about how I've started. I feel like reclaiming parts of myself and it's such a powerful feeling. And I think writing, our stories, my story, your story is a big part of it. Just, just writing it. Yes. Taking the time and saying, I am worth this amount of time. I am worth whatever it takes to write this. And it, 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 it it grounds me in a different way. And it, and it helps me love myself more and appreciate myself more. Um, and that is like, damn, is
1: there's nothing better That's right. It's such a gift. I said that so many times in the writing. If this is only for me, if this never sees the light of day, it's worth it. And I mean, to really put it in context that I was not um, an aimless passenger on this path, like, well, you know, just a tumbleweed blowing along. I have been trying to figure out this life thing and how to be more present and sane and happy since I could walk. Okay. So I was in the peer support groups in high school and I, you know, sought out the counselor and, uh, you know, have been in therapy my whole life, went on to get three degrees in psychology. Like I, I been in all the spiritual groups and, right. and the retreats and all the stuff and writing my story remains the most helpful and healing thing I have ever done. Mm-hmm. That's so profound to me. You know, I I talk with other writers sometimes about um, memoir in particular. And when I realized that was what I was doing, I went and I took a couple of memoir classes because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm sitting in the class and every time the teacher would say, this is not group therapy, you know, they'd give a little Uh, like disclaimer, uh, this is not therapy. (laughs) And I'm just looking around the room and I'm going, yes, it is. Oh my, I mean, I get that they're trying to say I'm not holding space for group therapy here, right? Like we're not gonna be doing that kind of processing or whatever, mm-hmm. they were trying to have good boundaries around it, but I'm like, you are kidding yourself. If you really believe that not every single person in this room is here as a part of a therapeutic, deeply personal therapeutic process. Um, and I kind of just wanna name that, right? Because yeah. it was for me anyway. and And I feel like the people that I was sitting next to would resonate with that,
0: and I agree. And I think oftentimes that's said dismissively. I I, I yes. applaud if if your teacher was saying it as a boundary, and I don't have I can't hold space for group therapy. I yeah. think oftentimes it's said like, "Oh, this isn't group therapy,"
1: you know, like oh, I think you're right. I think I may be giving them a bit more <laughs> benefit of the doubt, being like, "Okay, well, why would they say that?" Because it felt dismissive. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: and that even if it was group therapy, that doesn't have. Valid, like validity and merit. Obviously, I know this draft yeah. is not going to be published. So right. whatever it is, is completely okay. So that's just right. write it. Just um, write, it. yeah. And and don't get in your own way. And so anyway, I just that is a pet peeve of mine. That and. You know, I don't know why anyone would want to read your diary or your journal. It's like, it's not your diary. It's not your journal. It's that's a true. memoir. It's completely different. Shut up. That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I
0: feel like the group therapy thing is in that same sort of bundle of idea. you know, like the it sort is. of dismissive as if, as if our internal emotional world is tedious. I know. <laughs> I think that's what most of us are trying to figure out for a vast majority of our lives so the less tedious we find it the better uh, in my humble so opinion so true yeah um, so that I, that was just my two cents because it's like oh that makes my hackles go up and I had got an MFA in film and television or cinematic arts or whatever they're calling it th- these days yeah. and um so I was in a lot of writing workshops and a lot of them were primarily male-dominated spaces and so I got told that kind of stuff in a very sexist and dismissive way, you know, because Um. I wanted to talk about things that were emotionally resonant for me. And it was like, oh, you know, another lifetime movie from Allison. And it's like, that makes me so mad. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was difficult. It was a difficult time. I was also sexually assaulted by George Tyndall, who was the doctor on staff at USC and I'm sure you read about him in the papers and he assaulted thousands of women so um yeah I my feelings about USC are complicated I also Mm -hmm. met my husband there so Mm -hmm.
1: that was that
0: was a positive so um but so when I hear anything that sort of wants to put writing into some kind of hierarchy yeah Um, like this is good, serious writing. This is low level ladies feelings, writing
1: ladies feelings. Gosh, it's so true. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's just like, Oh, that's both middle fingers for you. Like, cause I just, um, it's just internalized misogyny. And so I'm, I'm I'm not
1: interested. You know, it's just making me think what you're saying a lot about, um, well, first of all, that I wonder what percentage of my readers are women. I know you can track those things on social media, and I have like um 93 to 95% women. Right. Um, but also when I think about complex trauma, which a bit which basically is relational yeah. trauma and narcissistic abuse in particular, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of us women folk there with our with our really unfortunate feelings. these Um, big, messy feelings of ours. And that even, you know, because of that, and because most of the historical research on PTSD in particular was on men, right? that 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 also is one of the reasons that I wasn't seeing myself As a graduate student, when we're talking about things like trauma, because we weren't talking about it in this way, it was like, well, I don't have flashbacks from wartime. You know what I mean? It was like, how dare I even consider using that word? And it's like, oh yeah, but if you grow up walking on eggshells and terrified and, you know, all of the things that I grew up with day after day after day, while your brain is developing, guess what? (laughs) It has a very similar effect. A lot of crossover with classic PTSD. In fact, we have all of the symptoms of PTSD as complex trauma survivors. And then a few more sprinkled on top of that, like no sense of who we are and toxic shame and difficult, you know, relationships. And um, so it's such a, yeah, just when you start talking about how we're sort of, we've been belittled and cast aside and it's Mm -hmm. no big deal. It's like, Wow it makes me really angry. And what you just
0: said, it makes me angry too. Obviously that's so why I'm giving it middle fingers, but I, what you just said <laughs> made me think of two things I wanted to say. One, which was, I think social media for me, cause you just brought up relational trauma and, yeah. and, and you can only heal that in relation. And mm. when you are isolated in your life. Like I do think social media can offer, I know it's not completely the same, but I do think it can offer some of those connections and seeing yourself mirrored. And you, I mean, you do end up, we ended up messaging each other and I do feel better that you exist in the world. Like I feel less alone that you exist. And so I do think you
1: get sort of that, it's a good place to start. That's what I want to say. I agree because we, we, what we do, and this is often, you know, also because of developmentally in childhood, you cannot cast your caregivers aside because we need them to survive, right? Right. We are relational beings and we need our caregivers long after, you know, other species have already cast the kids out of the nest or whatever. And so because we're hardwired for that, what we end up doing is going, well, they must not be that bad. This must not be that bad I must be that bad. And so that's the other reason why it became so important for me as a mental health professional to kind of peel off the mask. Because I think it's such a disservice for all the coaches and the therapists and anyone who is being more sort of visible on social media or elsewhere, elsewhere to act like they've reached a finish line, Allison. And if you... (laughs) If you read my book or subscribe to my program, I'm gonna show you how I figured it all out because you know what? Oh, this makes me mad and just sad. I believed them. I believed people like that time and time again, and it only made me feel more shame when I didn't experience the same level of freedom. So it's not even just that I'm outing myself as a childhood trauma survivor who's on the other side and living a bountiful, abundant, free, 100% of the time life. It's like, no, I'm still living with this thing. Mm -hmm. Is it better than it was? 100%. Uh, you know, hands down. But I don't believe that there's a finish line where I go, "Whew, Yeah. Glad well, I'm all done with that. And so I do feel like if if people only get that from me that, "Oh, well she, you know, has she's written a book or she has this degree or whatever it is and she still feels the way I do sometimes, maybe it's not just me. I'm not so broken. I'm not so alone." Ugh it's a privilege it's a tremendous tremendous privilege to get to peel back that mask if it does that for even just a couple people I agree I I I feel
0: that way and that's part of the reason I continue to speak up and write just to it helps me right (laughs) right it truly helps me own it and, and, yes. and to peel back the shame because so many times when I wrote my first essay and sent it off and, and subsequent essays, I would check in and be like, why do I feel so much shame? Yes. And I would think, well, the shame isn't mine.
1: Mm. I'm not
0: holding it anymore. This isn't mine. Send. Um, yes. And, and I just, I agree with you and I'm glad you brought it up about um sort of like guru type people spiritual bypassing people on social media. So I want to be super clear. I am not supportive of those people. If they're asking for your money, if they want to sell you a program, if they have the key to anything. Yeah. don't know. No. I mean, I'm a big fan of the 12 step slogan take what you like and leave the rest. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're still trying to figure out who that person is inside of you,
1: it's a little <laughs> harder to check in with take what you like and leave the rest. was so true, exactly. <laughs> you know? And I want to be clear cuz I do know people doing really amazing work on social media and otherwise and they have programs and they have things they're selling. I mean, yeah. I'm selling a book, but I'm you're saying selling a book, but you're not selling a lifestyle. And I think that's not a really important a distinction. Yeah. I I don't want to encourage people to go do silly reels in their office all day for sure. (laughs) Um, But I think I, I think the difference is um, the the idea that they're sort of fully cooked. If anyone is Mm -hmm. sort of saying Mm -hmm. I have it all figured out, oh my gosh. Run. Run. Yeah. Run and it's a very attractive marketing tool and a very it compelling is. one because we it do is. want what you know of course i want someone who has all the answers they have huge enormous followings yeah um for that reason and it makes me nervous <laughs> it does too because it does Me too, because I know people
0: who, and I didn't grow up in a cult, but you know, there's some things going on there and, and you, and you, and many times those people sort of jump from one to another to another, because you, like I said, you don't really know who's in there. Yeah. So you look outward for someone to tell you how to live. Right. And, and it's just so destructive. And and it take and so many of those people are not malignant narcissists and they. Do I know that's the other piece. Yeah, you know? as
1: we're discussing narcissism, uh, that's another way that it can show up for sure. So, whoo, we went to the dark side, didn't oh, we? Well, you
0: know, I think it's good as I'm like as we're talking about the pluses of social media to also just kind of acknowledge that like that True. is there and um, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> You know, we're not talking about anyone who's DMing you and asking you to sign away your life and come live on an island with them. That's not what we're talking about, you know, Um, especially if you're an attractive young woman. Definitely not to, you know, because you will go to those people in your DMs. Um, gosh, or you'll
1: get people pretending to be me saying, I'd oh, like to no, give you really? this reading. Will you please give me money? I'm like, oh my gosh, it's happening. People are taking my face and my name and adding an S somewhere or something and saying, thank you so much. I, I wanted to reach out personally to-, to some fans and offer them a reading. I'm like, I'm not going to ask you for money Ever, yes. I do not give psychic readings, so it just made me so mad. <laughs> I do
0: not give psychic readings. Important distinction. That's yeah, not, that's not what I'm selling. Gosh, that must be so
1: infuriating, Ingrid.
0: That's it was that's one because of it my...
1: was really confusing people. They would yeah. take a screenshot and then they yeah. would message me and go, "Is this you?" And I would get to see what they were saying and how they're doing it. And you know what? A big part of my story is about being groomed, and so. Yeah to have somebody take my name and my face and use those same tactics on people that are genuinely following me because they want help. Oh my gosh. Like, and, and to feel so powerless, I couldn't do anything except for share those things and my stories and go, not me, not me, not me.
0: Right. Right. That's that makes me want to, that's that's a middle fingers yeah. thing. Um, so, I are there any last things that you want to talk about or is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about in this conversation?
1: Well, I didn't really have something specific going in. The only last thing I'll say because we've kind of, like gone full circle with all of this stuff is the the followers thing on social media is another really tricky place. And I've done posts about this that also, that whole thing is really reminiscent to me of trauma bonding, where it's me and the algorithm, right? And so it pulls on my old school fawning trauma response of like, I will figure it out. Like, I'm going to please you. Who do you need me to be? It's like, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like, oh, and then when I feel the algorithm kind of pull back or whatever, or followers go away, I'm like, I'm not good enough anymore. And like, I have to like, It's been an opportunity for me to be present to all of those things in a way that I know also just rakes people over the coals all the time. It's painful and it's literally the algorithm exploiting, like what we know about trauma bonding, which includes intermittent reinforcement, which is, it's not all bad all the time. Sometimes you're going to hit the jackpot. you got, you're gonna you're going to have a reel that's going to go viral. You just don't know which one, you know, yeah. and we're going to pull it all away and give you no attention. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is my childhood. Why am I doing this to myself? Um, So to just have to like ride those waves a little bit, like with similarly kind of maybe a sense of humor and kind of giving myself space when it gets to be too much and having to really come back to like, I'm not doing this for the algorithm. Like, does it feel true? Does it feel funny? Does it, do I really want to do this for me? And I've had to, I've had to be more careful about that over time because as followers grow, it's like that stuff it's like another drug. It just is. I yes. mean, that's what it does in our brains, right? It's yes. like dopamine. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, <laughs> how many views today? Um, yeah, I, That's such a good analogy though, about it being
0: this like trauma bond and a fawning response and because it is, it's so sticky. Because it is. Like they have yeah. designed it to make you feel all these things. And so when I see people like in what some of the groups we're in talk about how much they hate social media, I get it. Yes. Like, I, I have no frustrations with them or I get it. Yeah. And I am grateful that I have a quote unquote presence on social media that includes me just posting people, reading poems like that yes. for me or a podcast, something that I was a part of that yeah. I enjoyed doing, regardless mm-hmm. if anybody listens, like I truly, my life has changed listening to someone read a poem once a week for the past oh, year and wow. a half. And I am grateful that I have that like that I'm not trying to come up with content uh, that I'm not trying to kind of invent who I am. It's like, this is who I am. I'm this lady who holds space.
1: you know, come join me or don't. It's okay. And uh I love that so much. It's just it's like such a relief bomb. It's such a <laughs> relief, but that's the answer, yeah. That's that's like the keys to the kingdom right there. It's just what you said. I am doing this because I enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it whether two people watch it or 10,000 people watch it. That's the compass. And I think just maybe we can wrap it here. I know uh, we're running out of time, but this idea that um, we move from going to how do I make you happy? And how do I people please? And how do I achieve enough? And all these externally other focused things to try to heal relational trauma. And yet when we go inside and we go, wait a second, like, what do I need? What do I want in this moment? What's funny to me? What fills up my cup? And I lead with that. It amazingly not only connects me to me and is worth it just for the sake of it, but within that there's opportunity to create real connection algorithm aside, because the people that get that the people that are listening to those poems with you once a week and that they genuinely enjoy it too those are the connections we've been looking for our whole lives mm-hmm.
0: yeah so, I, I I so agree and collaboration and creating things with people mm-hmm. it, it's it it heals a piece of me mm-hmm. that is different from a marriage and children and the, you right. know there there are these different parts of relationships and, and, and like I said, pieces that I just let go of. And now that I'm reclaiming, Mm -hmm. I realize I just let go of them. Like I faced something that was challenging and I didn't fight back. It was just like, okay, I don't need to do poetry. You're right. I suck at it. (laughs) You know, and, and how much I did that because I, and I don't know if you, I know we need to wrap too, but I don't know if Something that I have realized about myself and people pleasing is, for mm. such a long time, I would hear that term and be like, "That's cute, people pleasing." I don't know
1: who yeah, does I didn't I, that. I did. That wasn't me.
0: Not I, me either. Yeah, because yeah. so many reviews were in about me, and people pleasing was not what they were leading with. You know, That's
1: funny. <laughs>
0: it was like not pleased, and so I really internalized that and didn't realize that I was people pleasing for all the people that I that were giving me good feedback. Like, I just didn't want to lose that good feedback. I just wanted them to keep loving me. I just wanted, you know, friends to love me. And and so I thought because so many people were unhappy with me that I couldn't possibly be a people pleaser. But I, but I was.
1: That's such an amazing distinction that I don't know that I've ever heard put quite that way and i think it's an important one because maybe for the people that you don't want in your life it's just like well whatever i don't need yeah. you in my life but the people that you did it's like i couldn't be fully authentically me i had to fawn in order to keep them around yeah. and yeah. of course it makes sense it's like we're not one dimensional characters right the different right. relationships pull on different pieces of who we are um so i love you just articulating that the way that you did
0: well, thank you. It, it To be honest, it was a real game changer for me because it makes sense. Yes. It was like, oh, I, I don't fawn. I, I'm not a people pleaser. You know? Right. I,
1: oh, no. Oh, shit. I really and am. I couldn't <laughs> be a fawner or a people pleaser because I'm also a perfectionist, which is my flight response. Right. So obviously the term people pleasing isn't one that you want to take on as though, oh, yeah, that's me. I was like, ugh. Right. That's right. So ugh, mm-hmm. I would never. Right. Yeah are you kidding me? I didn't know how much, why am I a therapist? For goodness sake. It's like, it's like fawners unite and become therapists. Like, uh, I could, but I couldn't see it because it just sounded like had such a negative connotation. Right. Pleaser.
0: And we haven't, an, we have this image of what a a people pleaser or a person that we imagined, like I'm nothing like her. Right. I could. I'm. 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 Whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nope. It's me. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Uh, Anyway. Well, this has been, as I knew it would be, such a pleasure. Um, I love talking with you. I, am so glad that you are in the world doing what you're doing and that you are reaching more and more people. It's, it's meaningful. I do believe it's meaningful with your book, with your social media. I, I'm happy you are doing it so where can people find you if they would like to find you
1: they can find me on my website ingridclayton.com that has all the things and I think all my like social media handles are at Ingrid Clayton PhD. so that's instagram facebook tiktok youtube um and yeah you can you can find me there Wonderful. So go find Ingrid. And if you liked this episode, which
0: I'm sure you did, recommend it to a friend or oh, write, leave a review or subscribe um, because we would love to share this content with more people. So thank you again, Ingrid. And thank, thank you, you for so listening.
1: much. I really
0: appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Bye.